What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all. As always, come to y'all here from beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. The college lacrosse weekend is almost here. It's on the horizon, week six of the 2023 college lacrosse season. And uh, we've got a couple games to preview here. Some big contests coming up this weekend. As usual, might not be the um, the massive slate that we've had the past couple weeks, but still a, a very good slate nonetheless. The Ivy League gets underway. We already talked about a couple games, uh, North Carolina, Duke, uh, as well as a couple others, uh, Bellarmine, Utah, Jacksonville, Robert Morris, first weekend of ASUN play. Talked about that on Wednesday afternoon, so you can go back and watch that show if you want to get a little bit of my take, uh, d- diving into those contests, um, as well as think we ha- talked about Johns Hopkins as well in their two games this weekend also there. So talked a little bit uh, about the weekend on Wednesday. Going to dive deeper into things here on Thursday's show. Talk Yale, Cornell, Penn, Princeton, uh, Penn State, Marquette. An interesting uh, battle and mat- matchup there. Uh, Virginia and Maryland obviously being the headliner of the week, and we'll get to that one also as well as look at a couple others uh, going down this weekend also. Uh, Before we get into things, though, however, do want to remind y'all you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review and subscribe where you can. You can also watch the show on YouTube as well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button on that platform also. All of those ways are great ways to help us share uh, and grow the show. Share the show with your friends also if you like it. Another way to help us grow the show and word of mouth has, has always been the uh, number one marketing tool uh, per se in uh, really any any kind of market, any kind of product service uh, shall be it. So uh, share the show, like it, subscribe, five-star review, whatever you can to help us grow the show here and grow the audience uh, beyond what it was already been a, a really growthful 2023 for the podcast in general. All right, getting into things here, and uh, let's start with, with with a little Ivy League action here. Uh, Yale and Cornell and Penn and Princeton are the two headlining games uh, during this opening weekend of Ivy League play. Uh, we'll go Yale-Cornell first. So Yale welcomes Cornell in, but it's a noon game. Um, they're in New Haven. Yale comes into this one off the backs of an 11-9 win over Denver, where they were forced to slow things down, but still found ways to break through. And uh, Chris, uh, Brad Sharp, Chris Lyons, Matt Brandau helping to lead the way there. Offensively in that contest, Jared Paul kept playing well in cage. Uh, the faceoff dot was a struggle 
<clears throat> going to be interesting that matchup here. Two teams that haven't been particularly like stellar at the faceoff dot. Yale's been better than Cornell for sure, uh, with, with Nicholas Ramsey and company there. But uh, Angelo Petrakis, uh, the freshman Jack Cascada has been impressive at times, and they've had their moments this season, but hasn't been to the same level, uh, you, know, you know that that you have seen from other teams there, and that that can go for. For, for both programs here, as we're talking about, but but Yale certainly has been uh, a, a bit better in that regard there at the faceoff dot thus far in 2023. Offensively, it, it, it is where you want to look at with both of these teams. So Chris Lyons and CJ Coast, the attackman for, for Yale and, and Cornell, Oh, two of the top goal scorers in the country. You've also got Matt Brandau there with Yale as well, who's been you know the leader of this offense for you know, going on two years now, and has been just absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, a, a very much a, uh, a, a possible candidate there for the Twilton when the season is uh, done with. With Cornell, you've got C.J. Coast, you've got Billy Coyle, you've got Brian Piazzelli, and you've got weapons on, uh, you know, depth weapons for both of these rosters. So I think that's the thing to watch mostly in this game and to look at mostly in this game is who can put up the most goals. Um, You know, defensively, uh, obviously Chase Owen is, is a stud there with Cornell and Cage. Um, and then you've also got the uh, Gavin Adler there um, on defense for the the big red. So there's a lot of talent defensively. I think maybe D mid is an area. Well, Cornell's pretty deep there. They they're very deep at the midfield. Um, and I think that's you know. One of the biggest things to watch in this game is that midfield. Um, you saw last week against Penn State. Penn State was able to kind of beat Cornell at their own game and, and winning some of those matchups in the middle of the field um, and making plays in the middle of the field. Yale can do that very well. Yale rides very well. Uh, it's been a staple of this program for a while. Yale plays fast, and they want to play fast. <laughs> to a certain extent. Now, how much Cornell can neutralize that, we'll see. How much Cornell can win in the middle of the field, we'll see. Uh, that piece, that aspect of it, as well as the offensive talent with both of these programs, both of these teams, are two things I'm watching mostly in this contest. In terms of who I am picking, in this game, we'll go over that here uh, at the end of the show. I'll, I'll go through my whole picks for the weekend. Um, moving on to Princeton and Penn. <coughs> this is a game last year that was one of the best this season. Just point blank. Um, overtime battle between Penn and Princeton. It was there at Princeton. It was a nice sunny day. It was a uh, packed stadium. This time around, we get night 
We get under the lights at Franklin Field. And a, a different um, approach, I think, for both these teams. So Penn is coming off of a 9-8 to eight loss to Villanova. They are 2-3. and three. Princeton is coming off a 13-14 or 14-13 overtime loss to Rutgers. Both are coming off rivalry losses. Both are coming off, uh, or both come into the week with two and three records, believe it so. This is a game that both of these teams will want. Princeton, I think, is, is playing better lacrosse right now. Dylan Gogar uh, is out for Penn for the foreseeable future, <coughs> as I understand it. And so when you look at Penn, the offense is what brings me the most pause <laughs> in terms of how they can operate. And they, you know, last week, Sam Haley got two shots. He's got to get more shots. In that, um, I don't know what they have to do at the midfield to open him up more. I don't know what they have to do is they have to change the attack. I, I don't. I don't know. Penn's offense is one that continually gets deeper and gets better as the season goes on. I, you know, I, I think you can say like we've seen flashes of improvement there. The St. Joseph's game for sure was. But I don't know if you can holistically say that we've seen the Penn, D, the Penn offense trajectory the way that we're used to seeing it through this point in the season um, here in 2023 yet. Is positive or negative? I, I don't know. Um, and in terms of coming into this game, I'm not sure where to put that. But the, the, the Penn offense is certainly something that I'm, I'm looking at really closely in this game. And, they're going up against a Princeton defense that had a pretty solid showing last week against uh, Rutgers in that rivalry loss. Princeton played a game last week where they started pretty well. They hadn't started games well against Maryland or against Georgetown, and they have now lost three straight, um, uh, losing to Rutgers. But they looked improved. They looked improved. Defensively, they didn't collapse in the second half. Michael Gina Ficaro played very well in cage. I'd been asking for multiple weeks now if we were going to see a possible change where Griffin Rackauer, who had played very well in the first half against both Maryland and Georgetown, if we were going to see a change to him playing the entire game. Michael Gina Ficaro silences the doubters last week, plays very well in the second half, and you could argue the defense for Princeton was better in the first quarter and in the second half than it was in the second uh, quarter overall, where, where Rutgers was able to uh, really take hold and uh, believe they, they either tied it or uh, m made it a, a, a one-goal lead, you know, so be it there, heading into the half. And I think also with Princeton to look at the amount of scoring depth that you got. You saw Vidalo get involved. You saw Macasey 
get get involved. You saw Slusher. You saw a bunch of players get involved there. Offensively, Jake Stevens, the uh, two-way Swiss Army knife midfielder. There's a lot of talent on this Princeton team, and it's been very interesting to see it struggle the way it has throughout the first couple uh, of big contests that they had. You know, had they lost just to Maryland the way they did and Georgetown the way they did and then beaten Rutgers, I, I don't know if we would be coming into this weekend with the same kind of questions around Princeton. I think we would have said they, they've put it together finally because that that was part of the part of the issue was they're not really playing a full 60 and they're getting down. They're able to maybe come back to an extent and, and make it a game late, but they're letting teams get too out in front and they're not able to defend against that. Uh, they were able to come back. They held Rutgers in check down the stretch. A couple of really big stops there for Princeton. A couple of really big stops for Rutgers as well. A really good defensive game late in this contest that you saw. That's a good sign for Princeton. Uh, Penn, they did spark in the in the fourth quarter, late in the third, early in the fourth, offensively against Villanova. And their defense played very well throughout the contest. I cannot remember the defender's name. We've mentioned him multiple times this season. Let me pull this up real quick here. Who has been phenomenal for um, for Penn here this season. Ethan Till. Ethan Till has been very good for them uh, this season. You've got a, a ton of talent there uh, on defense with Till. Blake, uh, obviously B.J. Farrar at the LSM spot, um, and then with Emmett Carroll there and Cage. He's been very good and the backbone of this defense throughout. With Princeton, we, we mentioned you know, Rackauer and Gina Ficaro there as two of their top players there in Cage where they have split their goalies uh, throughout the halves. And that seemed to work better last week than it has, you know, the the, the entire remainder of this season. Uh, you look at guys like Ben Fenway, and you've got talent there at close. And then we mentioned, you know, Jake Stevens and all of these guys that can run uh, both ways and just be very impactful uh, playmakers there uh, in terms of defensive and offensive midfield in transition. Um, th this is going to be an exciting game. And Penn is also a team that can be very good in the middle of the field. Piper Bond, one of the more exciting uh, defensive midfielders in the country. Um, when you look at the faceoff dot, I, I think you give the edge to, to, to Sandoval and, and Gendo there at Princeton. Chris Arceli has been 42% so far this season. Um, you've had Ethan uh, Castriano take a couple as well. He's 37%. Penn's, Penn's struggled to a place at the face-off dot. Um, now, we've seen some good performances. We've seen some bad ones. What this week is, and that's for both sides at the face-off dot, what this week is at the face-off dot it is yet to be seen. But this game overall, there's a lot of aspects to take into account with it. 
there is a storyline coming in with both these teams searching for a win. And uh, certainly the um, the mixture is there to make this a, a, a game that is, um, you know, the, the mixture is there to make this a game that is as good as we saw from last season. You have the offensive talent, shall it click for both sides. You have the defensive talent, shall it click for both sides. You've got the talent in the middle of the field, shall it click for both sides. And why am I saying shall it click? That's been the problem with these teams for stretches this season. I want to see this game, and I think it is, whoever clicks for the longest in this game is probably going to win. Is it going to be a 21-20 whatever game it was last year? I don't know. I don't think so based on what we've seen from these two teams. I think both these teams are both very good, but are they inclined enough offensively right now to put up those kind of numbers? We'll see. We, uh, we shall see. We shall see. Moving on here to a couple other games I want to get to this weekend, and we'll get to the big one right here, Maryland and Virginia. This one is in Charlottesville. It is the, uh, what, 21 title game, 22 regular season, 22 quarterfinal. Fourth time in three seasons these teams will have met. It's the first time since Maryland was in the ACC that these teams are meeting consecutively in regular, in the regular season. These are the two programs that have defined the sport more than other, uh, more than any other, I should say, over the, or any others, uh, over the course of the early portion here in the 2020s and even back 20, 2010s, right? Virginia wins the title in 2019. They beat Maryland in the quarterfinals to get there. Virginia <clears throat> beats Maryland in the national title game in 2021. Maryland beats Virginia in the regular season and the quarterfinals last year en route to their undefeated national championship. Who wins this round? And will we see a fifth round in three seasons? Is yet to be determined is yet to be determined so uh well actually 2019 21 22 23 fifth round in four seasons that would be uh they didn't play in 2020 obviously with things being shut down early in uh during that season so uh a, a, a big big battle here on the line in charlottesville um, we, we talked about teams that can that can play in the middle of the field, that can win in the middle of the field with uh, the Princeton and Penn game. Talked about it a little bit with Cornell and Yale. This is another one where you could very well see that with both these teams over the course of the past couple of seasons, for sure, really showing their playmaking ability in the middle of the field. You've got guys like Grayson Soliday there for Virginia, the, the defensive midfielder. Dante Trader there for Maryland, who has also had an impact offensively in transition as well this season. Just a <laughs> couple of 
couple names, excuse me, a couple names to know on that end of the field in that realm for the uh, for this contest on both sides. Um, obviously, very good LSMs on both sides here as well. Maybe not to the extent that we've seen in the past. You got some younger um, faces there. Got some faces that aren't aren't as necessarily as well known nationally as once was back in the 2019 uh, season for sure. Uh, when you get Jared Connors for Virginia, but some good talent and depth at that position as well for both of these squads. Now, offense, the the chess match, match between offense and defense is what I want to talk about with this game the most. And I particularly want to talk about it in regard to Virginia offense versus the Maryland defense. This is the matchup, this is the chess match, whatever you want to call it, that I think is really going to decide this game. So, Maryland comes into this season with what I would say is the best, most talented defense in college across. You have obviously have a new goalie in there <clears throat> in Cage, but you still have Ajax Zapatello. You still got Brett Maycar there uh, at, at close uh, as well. Um, and certainly the Logan McDaney injury has uh, affected things defensively. Uh, but when you look at what we have seen from Brian Rupel, he's been pretty solid as a freshman here <clears throat> for the Terrapins through the, uh, the the couple of games that he has played for them so far. So, uh, you know, still a, a very good, formidable defense. <clears throat> Nonetheless, we talked about Dante Trader. And some of those guys there as well that, that can uh, inflict pain there. Ellison, Jack McDonald, that can inflict pain there at the rope unit and also in transition uh, in terms of uh, transition offense. So very good defense here for Maryland. And an offense for Virginia that's one of the best in the country. And... I think is is a lot deeper than we saw from last season. So middle last season, they lost Matt Moore for <clears throat> game of two. You saw some guys step up, but it wasn't it it, it didn't feel like it was um, as cohesive as it could have been <clears throat> at times. They did show depth, but it wasn't it wasn't this kind of depth that we've seen here from Virginia offensively. So. The Cavaliers have the nation's top scoring offense. They're averaging 20.4 goals per game. They also feature the best shoot team shooting percentage, 43.6% uh, in Division One. They also are headlined by attacking Connor Schellenberger. Uh, he has 35 points, 11 goals, 24 assists. Xander Dixon, Peyton Cormier, Thomas McConvey. I could go on and on about guys who have impacted this offense so far. Dixon, Cormier, McConvey, Schellenberger, the most notable guys. They're the, the leaders of this offense, and that core has been very, very solid, has been able to break through multiple good defenses here 
throughout the first uh, you know month and change of the college lacrosse season. This is their biggest test on Saturday. This is the biggest test, and the matchup I'm I want to watch in this one is Zapatello and Schellenberg. So if we go back, and I I cannot remember. If we, we saw Zapatello, I know we saw him guard him mostly in that uh, regular season game. I, I am liking if he guarded him most of the uh, postseason game. I believe he did as well. So in the game last season, the uh, postseason game between these two, Connor Schallenberg was held without a goal. Zero, zero. <clears throat> held without a goal with this Maryland defense. And, again, very similar defense to last year. Obviously, the change in goal with the unfortunate injury of McNaney, but the close defense is almost exactly the same with Zapatello and Maycar being your top two erasers there. Schallenberger had three goals and two assists in the regular season game against the uh, Topes last season. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Zapatello was on him for most of that game as well. Whether they put Zapatello or Makar on him, it's going to be a tough cover for either guy, and it's going to be a tough matchup for Schellenberger as well. These are some of the best players in the country. We've seen Schellenberger be taken out of games to an extent this season. Bobby Van Buren did it with Ohio State. And uh, this offense still flourished. So I think, unlike last season, where if you took Schellenberger out, you still had Matt Moore to run things, and you still had Matt Moore as your kind of X, you know, X1, X2 attackman type thing. You still had Matt Moore. You still had Cormier. You still had uh, plenty of these guys. But, but it felt a bit more rigid. This year, it feels like when you take Schellenberger out, and when I say take him out, I mean to the best of your ability. Like He's still going to get his looks. He's still going to get the ball, still going to get opportunities. It's going to take one defensive effort to completely shut him out of the game like they did last year. That is a rarity in Connor Schoenberg. Rarity. It's a rarity for defenses to be able to do that. To him, no less anyone else in the country. It's very difficult. And you can get the defense to rotate, and you have to help. Eh, sometimes you have to go. This is going to be a battle here that, that we're going to want to watch throughout this game, and th- th- that is certainly something you want to pay close attention to. Who they put on Schellenberger and how they're able to shut him down. We'll see how that happens, and if they're able to do that, the Terrapins, that is, on Saturday in Charlottesville, and uh, one of the best games of the season. Another little area I'm watching this one is, uh, we mentioned the middle of the field battle, we mentioned the chess match between offense and defense, in particular, Schoenberger versus Maycar or Zapatello. Luke Wheelman and P.D. Lasala. This has not been a good matchup for P.D. LaSalle the past two times. 
Women won both battles last season, going 66% in the regular season meeting and 68% in the NCAA quarterfinals. Lasala went 56% against the Topes in the national title game. So far this season, they've both been very, very good. Rudman is 65%. Lasala is 60% at the dot. Two of the best face-off men in the country. How they go up against each other is going to be uh, another you know, game-within-the-game type aspect to watch with this Maryland and Virginia contest. One of the top contests of the weekend. Now, a couple others to mention here as we uh, wind down the show here, as we move forward. And let's go in order here um, by how I have these. So, Penn State and Marquette. Penn State and Marquette is not, when you look at the weekend schedule, it's maybe not the one that, that jumps out at you the most. But it, it, it possibly has the um, maybe most interesting, one of the more interesting uh, one-on-one matchups that I think we'll see this season, and certainly something you want to pay attention. Uh, this is a neutral site game there at MacArthur High School there in Long Island, I believe it is. Jack Posey versus Bobby O'Grady. Jack Posey has helped uh, hold off CJ Coast. Matt Brandau and Dylan Gogar in three back-to-back-to-back uh, weeks. He's done so. Did a phenomenal job on CJ Coast last weekend. We saw him uh, matched up on Brandau a lot during the Yale game. Saw him matched up on Gogar a lot during the Penn game. Penn State wins each of those contests. Their defense really shows a lot in each of those contests. He has ascended himself as one of the best defenders, certainly in the Big Ten through this early portion of the season. Bobby O'Grady is a goal scorer. Bobby O'Grady can get to space. Bobby O'Grady can find the back of the cage. He is one of Marquette's most dangerous weapons, arguably the most dangerous weapon that Marquette has. He has put up numbers practically every game this season. He did so last season as well. The matchup between Jack Posey of Penn State and Bobby O'Grady of Marquette is going to be one that you want to watch this weekend. That game is free to watch, I believe, on YouTube via Varsity Sports Media. Uh, So certainly one that I will be tuned into and watching that matchup in particular. Posey versus O'Grady and who can win that battle. Posey's been very good the past couple of weeks, uh, past three weeks there against Yale. Penn and Cornell. Can he continue it here against Marquette? Another top game to watch over the weekend is Lehigh and Army West Point. This is a game that very much could impact, uh, have postseason implications here in the Patriot League. It is the toughest game that either of these teams will have played so far in conference play. Army coming off a win over Lafayette where they're able to run away in the second half, or pull away, I should say. Uh, Lehigh coming off a game, a win over Holy Cross last week, where they were able to pull away. Obviously, Will Coletti, Mikey Sisselberger, that battle there is going to be interesting. Can Coletti hold Sisselberger? 
at all is going to be something that is worth watching in this contest between Lehigh and Army. Uh, both of these offenses have been able to put up some good points here. Reese Buick, 15 goals, 11 assists. Evan Plunkett, the freshman, 11 goals, 9 assists. Lead Army, Scott Cole, 20 goals, 11 assists. Christian Mule, 16 goals, 15 assists against Lehigh. How do both these how do both of these offenses uh, and defenses approach this contest? How these defenses approach taking on these offenses, which have been very good, very effective, is something to watch. Here, the Army defense, obviously, with some new faces there, working into their own Lehigh in a similar situation there. So a big contest there, Lehigh and Army. Last two to go over here. Michigan and Notre Dame, a Midwest battle here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 1 p.m., Big Ten Plus on a Saturday. This is a game that, I, you know, I, I feel like Notre Dame has locked up, uh, but you never want to say that heading into any contest. Notre Dame did what they did at Georgetown. They did what they did to Ohio State. They've done what they've done to each team they've played this season. Is Michigan their next victim? Michigan their next victim? Could possibly be. We've seen this offense flourish with Eric Dobson at the midfield, with the Kavanaugh brothers at attack. We've seen a number of players step up here. Riley Gray, a young midfielder who stepped up number of players for this Notre Dame offense have gotten involved and have put up points in some of these big victories they have. The biggest question for me is how much of a fight can Michigan put up against Notre Dame? They put up a solid fight against Virginia in their opener. Again, that was the opener for both teams. Both teams have grown since that point. Michigan did get upset by Marquette down in uh, Naples, Florida a few weeks ago. They've beaten uh, Delaware. They've beaten Harvard. They're playing some of their best lacrosse right now. We've seen Michael Bain really step into that next level there for that offense. Can Michigan continue it here and uh, you know, get another big win over Notre Dame? And this would certainly push them back into the top 20 for sure. I know they're barely in this week. They would soar back up those rankings there if they could get a win over Notre Dame. It's going to be tough, though. It's going to be extremely tough. Denver and Ohio State, uh, a game of two teams that are looking to get back on track. Denver played a game last week where they lost against Yale 11-9. They arguably won the game plan but lost the game overall on the scoreboard. Ohio State, they have not looked good. They have not looked good um, in recent weeks since their win against North Carolina. They lost to Virginia, and I thought they looked best of the Virginia game and the Notre Dame game and the Cornell game. I think they looked best against Virginia, to be honest with you. Cornell, they came back late and, and, and made it. The final score looked a lot more fluffy than it was, than the game actually was. Against Notre Dame, they got demolished last week. Uh, Ohio State wants to get back on track here. They have a lot of talent. When you look at Jack Myers, Ed Sheen there on 
offense, Drew Blanchard. Drew Blanchard out Sathakis, going to be a battle there at the faceoff dot. Uh, you've got Marcus Hudgens, Bobby Van Buren on defense, Jacob Snyder, Skyler Leyland, and Cage. Like, a lot of talent here um, for, for both teams. And both are, are, have, have struggled at times recently. Ohio State probably more than Denver, I would say. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who wins this game, and this is always a a very close contest. Whoever can get this win going to be huge for them coming out of the weekend. <coughs> All right, folks, that is uh, it for you know you know diving into things here. Just want to let's scan scan the. Uh, Scan the schedule real quick. Any other games I want to mention on here? Uh, Bryant UMBC could be a good one. Georgetown High Point. Always just keep your eye on Georgetown, the way they've played this year. It's, it is what it is. It, that's what I'll say about that. Lafayette and Colgate is especially interesting after what Colgate did to Navy last week. Yeah. Couple other games, uh, Towson and Drexel and CAA play. It's the CAA opener for both of those programs. You also have uh, Brown Harvard. It's not as interesting with the Brown suspensions, but, well, I, I want to see. This is interesting. Harvard coming off a loss to Michigan, where they let the Wolverines come back. Brown coming off a loss to North Carolina. Well, it was kind of over before it got started. I, yeah. It's going to be interesting in, in this contest for sure. Kind of that second tier of the Ivy, if you will, maybe. I don't know. UMass and Rutgers. Is is going to be one to, to to watch there if you can can view that one ESPN Plus one PM UMass has looked really good I think this could be a big statement game for them especially after the loss to Yale now playing another top tier team if they can bounce back against Rutgers going to be a good sign for the Minutemen you also have uh, Bucknell Loyola. Interesting one in the Patriot League. Oh, another Sunday game. North Carolina and Dartmouth. Can the Big Green continue their run here uh, and start 5-0? and oh. So some other games to watch there this weekend. Now to my picks. And we're picking, the games we're picking this weekend are Duke, North Carolina. I already gave you my pick on Wednesday. I'm picking Duke in that one. We are picking Yale Cornell. And th this was tough. This was tough. I almost flipped a coin for this one. Um, I'm going with Yale in this contest. It's at home. I, I feel like Yale has the edge at the faceoff dot. I feel like Yale... I, I, I don't know who's the better team here. <clears throat> I, I think it's probably Cornell. Like just on paper, but I feel like I, like Yale can, can, I feel like Yale can play different ways and win different ways. 
I don't feel like Cornell has shown us different ways of winning yet this season. So I'm, I'm picking Yale in this one. Uh, Penn and Princeton. I'm picking Princeton to take the win here. Princeton's looked better than Penn in, in recent weeks, especially last week. So I'm picking the Tigers in that one. In Notre Dame, Michigan, I'm picking Notre Dame. Don't need to really mention much why. And in Virginia, Maryland, I am picking Cavaliers. You're at home. I think they're probably better than Maryland this season. I, I, I'm still skeptical of, of how well that Maryland offense is going to come together on a, on a week-to-week basis. They've gotten them better for sure. Can they continue? We'll see. But I'm picking Virginia in this one. I think the Virginia offense can have a better showing against this Maryland defense than they have in the past. Certainly in the past couple, uh, past few meetings. Last game to pick here, Denver and Ohio State. I am picking the Buckeyes in this one. I think it's close. It was another very tight tight one to kind of figure out um, and, and tough to figure out, but ultimately going with the uh, the Buckeyes in that one. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, y'all can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Leave the five-star review. Hit the subscribe button where you can. You can also watch the show on YouTube as well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button always to help us grow the show. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. LacrosseBucket.com where it's always lacrosse season.